Welcome everyone to the 22nd episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with Nick Tartaglia. How are you, Nick? I'm not bad. It's a gloomy day with uh, this rain. It's a little refreshing, I find. Yeah, the weather, uh, definitely. I find it chilly. I like that. I I think we've had a nice short summer, Mm -hmm. but... um, (laughs) A very short summer. (laughs) Very short summer. It was like we had Miami-style weather for like three weeks, and then all of a sudden, it just turned into Montreal again. Yeah, I I think it's like autumn season already kicked in. (laughs) It's kind of like the VIX right now with the market moving (laughs) up and down. It's insane. Everything is is out of whack. Especially with... uh, what's been going on a hundred. Yeah. Look, we're, 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 we're approaching a very important thing, uh, coming up. Uh, we've mentioned this in previous episodes. In fact, when we were on with Riz last week, he said, what's the biggest risk in the market right now? And I ended up saying it, I'm like the election. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be honest, the way the market has been performing recently, um, you know, companies are doing well, especially the tech companies, Mm -hmm. uh, healthcare, consumer state, consumer staples. And, uh, how housing starts statistics <laughs> yeah. too. Like we've seen the biggest boom, I think in Canada as well, the biggest boom of housing starts we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, there is a disconnect right now. Huge disconnect. The, the macro economy and the stock market totally, but. And um, consumer behavior. But because it was like a self-induced lockdown, people were saving money. So yep. now they actually have all this sort of saved up money that they used to spend. Don't get me wrong. I think there's a big crack that is being ignored right now. Yeah. But I think moving forward into the next uh, four to five months, we need to talk about this election um, 100%. from a financial standpoint too. Um, it's one, one of the biggest components of analysts. They're going to take into account, especially wealth managers, um, hedge funds. Right now, the political outcome will have a huge impact on whether or not they decide to make certain moves with their portfolios and their capital because politics is as a significant risk when it comes to economics and, and investing. Uh, just look, for example, United States and China. That is political risk that impacts companies. Look what happened to TikTok because of the China and United States battle. That has impacted a company, which now must sell its assets, which is being bidded and fought for by a bunch of companies. That is a causation of political dynamics. Political dynamics are impacted everywhere and anywhere. They are a part of our system. Our systems framework. Anything part of a framework has an impact. Politics impacts the way people live their lives. It impacts the way economics behaves and companies behave because they create law. They maintain law and at least they're supposed to maintain law and create law, but you know, it's a little more questionable nowadays in in terms of that statement. Right. But politics is so important. The more I think that you can agree with this, Don, is the more we become more and more intertwined with the capital markets, the economics of things. And it's why I see that a lot of economists have opinions and theories on this is that politics matters. Understanding the political system, understanding where the head's at for these leaders has a huge importance, is of huge importance to the way we forward look our system and the outcomes we desire. Agreed on that. And I think, you know, moving forward, um, it's unfortunate that it's become so polarizing. I mean, there's all this social uprising uh, happening for racial injustice. Listen, I think you and I can both agree that racism it still exists. Um, but 
to agreed. There, there needs to be but a solution with this. That's it's, it's no, it, there, there needs to be a solution with this. Right. But I think moving forward, um, the market historically, um, sends us signals leading up to an election. And it's, they're really, they're usually really strong signals because they actually tell you the probability, uh, that somebody is going to win, uh, that particular election. And let's go back to 2016. I mean, I'm looking at a chart here. Um, and for the first, I think it was about, yeah, it, it, it was about a few days. There was a bit of a sell-off, uh, leading up to Trump being elected. Um, and that was a signal that the market was predicting in that particular instance that the polls were wrong. Um, I think the polls had Hillary Clinton winning the election 89% and Trump had like less, less than a 13% chance. Look what happened. Um, now going into this one, it's very different scenario, but historically now Trump's an incumbent. He's not a candidate anymore. He's a president. Um, Biden's the, 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 the running mate for, or the vice presidential or the presidential candidate for the Democrats. But going into this one, a lot has happened and historically, um, the incumbent president, anytime there's a strong rally, the last three months leading up to the election, if there's a strong alley, the president or the incumbent usually gets reelected. Um, this happened with Obama, um, obviously his second term. And then it obviously happened with George Bush. When Obama got elected, the market rallied about 24% in about a year. Bush got elected, it rallied about seven, seven, seven 7%. Um, and then when Trump got elected, the market rallied uh, about 20%. Wow. So these are, you know, <clears throat> these are signs, right? And leading up to what's been going on, um, this has never been a more important election. I think just, and I think, I think both sides agree very, with that, but very important. I don't, we don't want to focus too much on the political side of this, yeah. but we kind of will at this point in time. I think you and I can agree that the, the, both conventions, which happened the last two weeks, and I watched both of them, to be honest, um, very different platforms, of course, very, it, it's almost like you have a clear choice of who you want to be the leader and who you want yeah going into these next four years, which is essentially going to be an economic recovery. It has yeah. to be. I mean, unemployment That's is at what, 10%? The, that has to be the intent. There's been so much output by, the, by the, the economic system, so much output with no input that that huge deficit is going to become a very scary thought. I think now they're talking, they, they just the other day, they were talking about how this is the largest deficit since World War II. Well, uh, Trump Huge. likes to call it Operation Warp Speed, right? But um, they had to do it. Yes, but exactly. There's no they, choice. They, they, they had to. They no, have I, to. Um, I, don't blame, I don't blame Trump. I, I absolutely don't blame Trump. Yeah, exactly. Now the question becomes, what is the next four years going to be about in order to offset what they had to do? Because, of course, there's a lot of things that they had to do. And it's not about judging them on that. The decisions were made. Many decisions had to be made. Okay. Done. Next step. What do we do to offset it and to make sure we start moving back in a positive momentum? That is the next question. Guess what? Looking at this objectively from an economic perspective, from a capitalistic perspective, as a business, whatever the case may be, the only one that is providing you with an outlook 
that you can work off of is Trump. The only one, only one. Again, this is, we're not political commentary no, here. Exactly. This is just taking the situation. And yeah. what Nick and I want to do today is we want to talk about how to analyze this and yeah. what the potential outcome could be for the next four to eight years, because this is, this is beyond crucial to yeah. understand. And especially for everyone's portfolios, I think it's really important, right? So uh, everybody's money period, your dollar value can inflate when you see no wages, because if there's no, if the wages won't go up potentially, because there's no way, there's no increase in GDP, there's no increase in out and in, like if the system, if the economy starts to stagnate, and, and yet you want asset classes to inflate and you want to be, because the thing is this, if, if, if you have less people coming in, if you have no economic growth, if you have stagnation of wages and you have in, significant increases in asset classes to start buying things is going to become so much more difficult than you've ever seen. It's only gonna become worse and worse. If you don't start figuring out things on an economic level from the political system, it just becomes a pure unknown. The only way for me to possibly see a, a hedging of that risk or see a positive development is by saying Trump. Now, if I was to ask somebody and said, well, no, 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 no. The question I would ask you, okay, but then what does Biden want to do? What does he want me to, what does he want to do for me to see what he's trying to develop? I literally cannot name you one thing. Can you please name me one thing that allows me to see what he's trying to do moving forward? I don't see nothing. Therefore, as someone who's attentive to the capital landscape, as to the economy, to the behavior of the system, I'm, I, it scares me. I, and I think it's, I, I don't want to scare anybody too, but I think we're, we're entering sort of a crisis of confidence right now. Um, you know, crashes happen because confidence is lost. We saw that happen in March. I mean, we've never seen such a quick drop, I don't think in our lifetime, right? Um, and confidence is really what supports the market. Let's be yeah, honest. Exactly. Confidence 100%. because it's a psychology, it's psychological. It right? gives the baseline. So, exactly. It's the support. Support, of the support of the market. Right. Um, and I have to give the fed and Trump absolute credit for restoring confidence in the market. Right. But regardless of whatever, you know, the economic events have been happening, you know, mm -hmm. all those riots and stuff like that. Like, yes. But in terms of the market, the fed has done its job. And I think Trump has also done his job, right? But the next, this election, right, is, is it's happening in the middle of a crisis, right? Yeah. And we haven't, we, this is, this, this hasn't been played out yet. So to build on what you just said, Nick, like these are the questions I would ask people, right? This is the question that I would ask people right now, especially my, our US listeners, if they really want their portfolio to survive, you have to ask these questions objectively. So th there's two questions. The first one, which president if any, or which candidate will maintain the confidence in this current market bubble? That's the first question. Because it yeah. is a market bubble because of the discrepancies between the macro environment and the stock market. So that's the first question. The second question is, which candidate or which president, if any, can maintain the confidence in this market long enough such that the Fed can do its job to deflate the bubble over time? Right? Yeah. So the question is not what you think the answer is in this case, but what do you think the market participants believe in this situation? Right. And this, again, this comes down to confidence. Mm -hmm. I'm looking, I get, I'm looking at this chart here and I'm just like, Hey, this is the, the market likes what's happening now. Right. There's a huge momentum being driven right now. And honestly, like, 
you have to ask yourself the two sides of the question <laughs> that the system is held up by money. You take money away that the way we go about buying things, the supply chain, the way you feed yourself, the way you, you pay for your electricity, all that is based on a capital economic system. If you destroy that, everything becomes unknown. The thing is, and here, here's, another, here's another outlook that I'm worried about is with China gaining more and more momentum and power and developing itself, they're aligned right now. China is freaking aligned. They're in a zone right now and they just want to- I just want to interrupt. They're, yeah, also go, go. Thinking, they're also thinking 50 years. Yeah, exactly. You know, and think, look where China has gone the last 20 years from nothing to the top dog. The thing is now, the next four to eight years will either allow- China and United States to maintain that same position or depending on who gets elected and the development of that economically can really create a stagnation in the U.S. economy, which puts them behind China and can do that forever. Why? Because China not only has them beat on a population level, which is a huge variable in terms of looking at economic uh, outcomes and variables because you have more people participating in an economy. If you have more people participating, you can create a bigger economy, so on and so on. United States needs to maintain their head. So much of our, as, for, as Canadians, so much money, so much companies are dictated based on how the United States does operationally on a global platform. That becomes at risk the moment you start looking at anybody, well, in the terms of two options, Trump and Biden, looking at Biden, all that becomes complete uncertainty. You, there's literally, I can't even analyze the outcome or try to possibly, I can't even speculate with, with Biden what the outcome is because I literally have nothing to go off of, nothing. There, there, there wasn't, to be honest, and I'm saying this as objectively as possible, there was not a single mention of what their economic plan was. And the thing is, so if I'm going to speculate, I can only speculate negatively, not yeah, positively, yeah. because they have not given me anything positively to build a, spe a positive speculation outcome. With Trump, it's the inverse. Or you can have it both ways. I can do a negative scenario and I can do a positive scenario, but at least I have a positive scenario to build off of. With Biden, I have nothing. And smart people, when you're playing a game, you need to know your variables. If you don't know your variables, you can't make critical decisions. That's literally game theory. When you play a game, if I tell you only one rule and skip another rule, guess what? You're probably going to lose because you don't know how you're playing. The same principle as this. The decisions you're going to make is based on a very blinded decision if you go with Biden because that platform is not built on looking forward to build and improve things. It's there to look at the past and the present. And it's a very scary forward-looking projection when you choose one, one leader over the other. Well, and, I, and again, I think this comes down to how different the conventions were. Yeah. Like the Republican convention talked about their successes mm -hmm. and they also taught and Trump even talked about what he plans to do for his next term. Exactly. There was an economic plan. He yep. said, he said it explicitly. You can go listen to the tapes, bring back 10 million jobs, bring back a tax credit for any company that is outsourcing all their stuff. into other countries. We're going to give you a tax credit to bring you guys back. Like now before, now before you judge the tax credit thing, guys, 
it gives them a tax rate because if they come back, they get to keep money to then pay people here. If you want them to stay over there, then you don't make money here. There are trade-offs to everything. Let them keep more money. This way they come back here and they use people from United States. It's something you want. These are important plans. Now, what did Biden say? We, we don't know. He, was, <laughs> exactly. That's where actually, there actually was nothing on their economic plan. You know what the one thing he said though? And this was after the convention. They said, what do you plan on doing to basically help the economy get better and, you know, uh, get rid of coronavirus? And the first thing he said was, I'm going to lock down, we're going to lock down the country again. Imagine being a small business owner. Imagine being a restaurant owner. Imagine being like, imagine owning a business and your life depended on that business. It's funny because how does that New York City, confidence? New York City, New York, and California have a shitload of restaurants. Yeah, and small business, a shitload. It's funny. It, it it's very funny actually to observe some of the biggest cities where there's a shitload of individual entrepreneurs, small and medium entrepreneurial businesses, are in democratic cities. It's funny, and fact. This is a fact. This isn't. We're not being political. Yeah, yeah exactly. Here. This is a fact. Exactly. <laughs> and it's very funny because the irony is, if they be, continue to behave the way the Democrats are behaving, it'll have a negative impact on the small and medium business in those Democratic cities. An entirely negative. A lot of them are going to potentially go bankrupt. And again, this this literally comes down to confidence. And again, we're speculating here, but like you had said, you know. One side, you have no idea what's going to happen. The other side, he's done it. He's done it you again. Have, you have you both have, sides of the story. You, you, or you've, got, you've, story. Got, you've got one side that has a proven track record as well that says we're going to do this. And mm-hmm. you know what? I would trust him more because he's actually done stuff. Of course. Right? So here's, course. here's the biggest risk. Um, Biden's been politics for what, 50 years? 40, 47 years. And, you know, the biggest commentary, which I think is really funny, is, you know, Republicans are egging him. They're saying he's been in Washington for 47 years. You think in his 48th year, he's going to get something done? It's no. a very valid question. Oh, it's a valid, it's a valid outlook. It's, it's, it, in, in, when we look at companies, especially in startups, because let's say this, Biden is considered a startup because in the sense that he hasn't, it, it's that if he comes into office, he now has to start off doing something different. So in a startup analysis and small cap companies, you want to look at management and you want to criticize management. Where do you come from? What have you done? What's your, what, like, what's your experience? How many years have you been doing this? Like all these variables are valid and it should be replicated in that same system because these are people who are leading an entire economy worth trillions of dollars. Every decision they make has a ripple effect. Ripple effects can be felt five years down the line. 10 years down the line and they can build up and create other big bubbles and other big problems. You have to look, you have to back test their past in order to forward look since Biden has given us nothing to forward look on. We can only assess based on his past actions and there is nothing. So I, I, and honestly, I think just based on what we're talking about right now, if Biden gets reelected, the market might actually crash. Oh, I'm entirely it's a with speculation. that. It's of a course. speculation, of course. I don't want to make any predictions. This is just an observation from what's been going on politically, economically, in the, in the world of finance. Um, but based on this evidence, like, I, I just don't understand. The other thing that Biden actually wants to do, and he did mention this um, offline, of course, 
was they're going to raise taxes yeah, of course. On, every, on everything. And they want to they wanna get rid of some, a certain tax credit for 401ks, which is people's pensions, right? Wow. That burdens the government. See, that's kind of like- I, I just, It just no. doesn't make sense to me. See, like to if, me, that, I, I just want to say this. I feel like that now you're looking at more of a socialist outcome in the sense that because people cannot develop their own independent financial freedom, they now will have to become entirely dependent on the government which whoever is in leadership entirely controls the people's outcome because people do not have the financial ability to establish their own independence. They are now, because that's the purpose of a 401k. That's like in Canada, your RSP. Sorry, yeah. The purpose of that is to off, is to deburden the government so people can start focusing on building their own money so that when they retire, they have their own capital and they can depend on themselves. That's the purpose of it. And a D. It, it, it takes a lot of stress off the government and allows them to refocus their attention elsewhere so people can have their autonomy. If you limit, oh, it's so, it's so chaotic when you start looking at the variables of what they're doing. It's so chaotic and it's a scary forward looking. The thing is most people that look at politics or economy or the economy or capital landscape, they look at one variable because their eye, they're, they're which, in is, a which is, which is the, right now, for some reason, it's the character of the leader. Yeah. They, they're like in this, they're in this tunnel where they see one variable and then they forward project based on one variable. But the only way to effectively speculate is to get a full picture. It's like a bird eye view. If I have a bird eye view, I can literally, approach. I can Top talk about, approach. I can, I can, talk about everything. But when I come in from the side and I just see one house or one view, I don't see everything else. So what I'm for looking or projecting or speculating on is more than not likely is more than likely to be false or wrong because you're ignoring so many other variables. If you want to speculate in politics, if you want to speculate in, in the capital landscape, you take into account economics, you take into account behaviors, you take into account politics, you take into account other countries, political decisions and, and for looking uh, purposes, you look at everything. It is. And so now talking about the tax increase, here's a behavioral analysis that I'm kind of speculating on is the fact that in the States where you see a lot of companies and a lot of individuals that are entrepreneurs, where they're going to become susceptible to this increase and danger of, of tax, you might start seeing a lot of migration within the states into Republican states. And if that happens, if you start seeing a trend, like you saw in New York, right? A lot of wealthy people wanted to leave. I had, no two, I had two friends pack up their stuff. They lived in New York their whole life. They drove across country. They're, start, they're starting over so there. If you start seeing a behavioral trend in people that are focused on business, people that are entrepreneurs, people that, are, that have businesses, people that are companies, if you start seeing a behavioral trend where they start saying, well, holy crap, the outlook of me staying here is really bad. Remember, entrepreneurs and businesses is what allows the system to maintain itself as well. It gives money to people and it allows that circle to continue to go around and around. If they start moving to Republican states, what becomes of all these democratic states that literally now have nobody that wants to be entrepreneurs, nobody wants to take a risk of opening a business there. All that will have a significant negative consequence to asset classes such as real estate in the area, such as the ability to, for, to see a sustainable outlook in businesses that are remaining there. And you could see wages going down. You, like it's, it is a scary idea 
when you start dabbling in the thought of deciding political leaders that provide no strong, I don't even know how to say it because I'll I'll fill in the blank for you. I think it really comes down to being, providing businesses with some confidence. Of course. Entrepreneurs and businesses. Yeah. So, so let's, let's take a step back here and let's look at the macro environment. Okay. I know we've talked about this a thousand times, but again, this is so important right now. Canada is sort of the same thing. Canada might have an election soon based on what's been going on. We'll save that for another time because we want to focus on this year and this year yeah. first. And because United States is a thousand times more important. And it just drives everything. So exactly. Um, I think right now the S&P, right, which is the market, is floating off gains off of tech, healthcare, right? Those are the two big ones. And yep. then you have your consumer staples and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they just said, they just said that the, the tech companies, the market cap of the tech companies are, are equivalent to the entire stock market of Europe. Yeah. Which is nuts. So, <laughs> which so, is nuts. So, 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 so hear me out here. So, um, I think the consumer confidence right now in the States is pretty mixed. Although the graph would suggest that consumer confidence is rebounding. It did tip off as well. Right. Um, the problem now is jobless claims. They've actually gone up in the last two weeks. Slightly, but it, it, it continues to go up, right? Um, and it seems like some of those jobs are not going to come back. And I think at this point, this is where there's a real estate issue is 25% of Americans would not be able to pay their rent going into the fall, mm-hmm. right? I think before the election, there might be some kind of correction. Of course. There has to be because this is how markets operate. And I'm looking at a chart here too. I'm looking at the S&P. There's a lot of divergence happening, right? Relative strength index, for those of you that don't know, um, is a momentum indicator, but it also tells you if the market's overbought and oversold. And usually when relative strength index is pointing downwards, but the market continues to go up, that is a strong sign for some kind of a correction, right? How violent is this correction going to be? The one that happened in July or June, excuse me, that was about, it was about 1800 points, I think. Right. So it's something to keep an eye on moving into this election period. Yeah. But the other thing, like I said, like, like we had said, right. I mean, if the economy is on the verge of potentially collapsing and you have a presidential candidate that comes in and saying, we're going to lock everything down. If I get elected to stop a virus that has a mortality rate of less than 3%. I mean, I, I, again, I'm looking at this objectively. It would, it would actually be suicide. And the biggest if Biden, if Biden got elected for for the economy, you know, it would be fascinating. Suicide. There would be would, more deaths related to mental health, yeah. more deaths related to suicide. Yeah. Violence. Like it's just I don't. I, I could I, be wrong though. I would. I would. I would be fascinating to see what would happen to New York City. Because if less wealthy people want to go there, asset classes are going to some, or, uh, real estate is going to come crashing. It's going to come crashing. And that would be one of the, honestly, for me, more from an, observ- uh, from an observation perspective and from just an analytical perspective, I would love to just, if that is the decision that the United States makes and says that is who we're going with, so be it. But I want to allow that to become one of the greatest learning lessons of my life and just start observing how they destroy themselves. They will lose the throne as one of the global powerhouses of this world. They will lose it. And history, scary will, prediction. And, hum, <laughs> and history will remember it that way. Because 
the way you continue to develop your economy, there's a reason why the entire rest of the world now is, is starting to realize, okay, we have to build our economy. We have to get jobs. We have to innovate. No, no, no. Guess what? Those are all capitalistic characteristics. Ideas. They're capitalism, capitalism. Exactly. Ideas, man. Entrepreneur, innovation, drive, co- competition. That's what made the United States so incredible. But you, if you now allow other countries and nations to start partnering up and to start developing and growing and innovating and moving forward. And then you, there you have United States just start stagnating for the next couple of years. That will do so much damage on the global scale of where the United States holds its power. So, and that can completely change the way that the U S is valued at asset classes, the way businesses, uh, there's so many variables to look at. It's incredible. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's why um, going into these last two months, because we're entering September now, which is nuts. I mean, this, this year has been flying by, but August <sighs> has been a pretty quiet month in the market. Yeah. It's very unusual. And usually when things are just trucking along and then you've got all the chaos that's happening, uh, the unrest, meanwhile, Canadians are just getting along with one another because we're, we're Canadians, but um, it will affect us. But it, it just shows to me that there is something different that could potentially happen this year in the market in September, October, leading up to the election. So the theory that if the market continues to rally suggests that the incumbent president will get reelected might actually be false this time around. It could be. Again, new I, variables, yeah. a new landscape. It's a new market. Entirely new outlook. It's a very different market <laughs> than what it was in January. I can... Yeah. You know, oh, just being in it every day. It's just, it's crazy how things have moved so quickly. So I think going into November, I mean, this is, this is the biggest election ever. Yeah. This is, this is going to be one, like uh, history is going to remember all this. Yes. The COVID what's happening in the market, who the, all the chaos and the fighting, uh, who we elected, what that leader did the next four years, the one to follow that, if he gets reelected for eight years, so for the next eight years, where the rest of the world is going to be in that four to eight year, 12 year outlook. <laughs> Look what China did in 10 years, guys. 10 years, if a country's very driven to innovate and grow, huh, there's a lot of things you could do in a decade. China's a perfect example. India could even end up taking over the throne of the United States also because again, one of the biggest populations and one of the biggest places where some United companies are starting to build infrastructure. United States has to up their game, man. And people have to start thinking more forward and stop looking at the past as though everything of the past is, is the defining, it defines everything of who we are. Our generations, our millennials are not defined in the sense that we are not responsible for the past. We're not, we're not responsible. I'm not saying we're not here to share the pain, but we're not responsible because it's not, we didn't do anything to you guys. We're just millennials are folk, stick to millennials, stick to the younger generations and you could focus on a better outcome. If you have millennials that are just going to keep fighting the boomers as though the boomers are going to fix everything. There's so much disconnect there. It's like, you're never going to get what you're never going to build anything. Cause you're, you're, you're still in a, in a state of, dependency you wanting an older generation who is about to expire in terms of 
control leadership job, job job output yeah like everything that all that they're about to expire and we're about to own the economic throne we're about to own the apex you're, of our species you're you're really throwing a uh, baby boomers under the bus here right eh? oh what but it, no but it, it's <laughs> why, but it's true right six i know, I know. Olds, i'm just I'm, know, I'm, I'm obviously i'm obviously kidding but there, like, there's a there's a there, there's a transitional yeah, period it, it, millennials become it's a, it's a very big transfer of wealth that's happening right now. Exactly. I mean, and decision and wealth and decision-making yeah. because before boomers had a huge impact on decision-making millennials are the next apex generation of our species and humans. That is literally the fact we will make up the biggest body of a generation and we will have so much impact on the way we move forward. We need to get smarter. We need to become more critical. We need to have more conversations. We need to be more just open-minded to analyzing things effectively we've become so sense so comfortable with boomers building everything we've had that now it's as if we're fighting about things that's like guys that stuff cannot stop be you cannot stop fighting for those things because the moment you stop fighting for those things chaos starts uprising every in every other domain of our lives and then you forget about the important things and then it spirals back into our life and then it just you regress you go backwards rather than forward and that's that's honestly i mean we're getting into a topic of like history but um it it is, it is like, Nick, I totally agree with that. I mean, it is. You, you the Roman cannot, empire fell. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how serious this is. And I think Abraham Lincoln was quoted saying the only, the only thing that like, nobody from the outside, I don't know what the specific quote is, but it was something along these lines, but nobody from the outside will destroy America. No. America from the, will destroy exactly. itself from the inside. You are and, the weakest. You are strong as your weakest link. Exactly. And I think, you know, what we've seen recently in the U.S., don't get me wrong, racism is a problem. Yes. You know, rate, there, there's zero tolerance for that shit. Um, I think it's, it's a waste of effort, waste it, of energy. It, exactly. I think, I think everybody should be treated fairly, no matter your... Like, I don't even think skin color should be t like a discussion in determining someone, who they are. What I think should be talked about is who you are as a person, mm -hmm. Right. You don't have to agree with what we say. You don't have to agree with everything that we say, you know, but if you don't agree with it and you go off and you start insulting that person and you start telling that person that they're, you know, calling them all kinds of names and then saying, you're a complete waste of my time. You know, um, I have better things to do, but you've engaged in that person. I mean, like this is, it's a societal shift right now. It's because it's funny. You can't, it, it, people like that, they're in, they're not able to have a conversation to provide solutions and other critical insight instead is, Oh, I disagree. I don't know what to say better though. So then I'm just going to insult you as a person yeah. to elevate myself. It makes me look better, but you don't realize and that that only works within your little bubble. The moment you go into reality, you fail, you lose. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's never been so important to, look at stuff that's been going on mark like what nick and i are doing from the market taking an objective viewpoint and then peeling peeling it apart slowly and then saying okay this is probably what makes the most sense and i think you know with the market the way it's going it's all going to come down to confidence and again my personal opinion right now i think going into november a biden presidency would completely destroy the confidence in this in the market in the economy, I think it would destroy the confidence of a lot of people, except for the enemies of the United States. 
I have, I, I, I'm putting a challenge out there for anybody who wishes to have a real conversation. Here's a, a, a question and come to me, come to Dan, whatever. It's just this. If you think that Biden provides a better outlook, economically speaking, I'm please, yes, please literally come and tell me willing and, to listen. and highlight the, the, the thought process, highlight the process in which you think that scenario makes sense and could yield a certain outcome. Highlight it to me because I don't see it. If you see it, good for you. Come to me and, or go to Dan and please elaborate so I understand because I don't. And I make it my life to try to understand as much as possible so I can be as critical as possible. And right now, I'm oblivious to that scenario. Oblivious. So if you can do it, I'm willing to listen because it, 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 it allows me to understand. I may not agree, but at least I get to understand an outlook. Here, here's, what, here's what I'll say to that too. And I think, like you said, we may not agree with everything that everybody says, but I guarantee you that you will talk to somebody and you will find common ground on one or two things. Guaranteed. Of course. And that's the idea. Just build on that. You remember, guys, you're a human. I'm a human. You have a mind. I have a mind. The only difference is how you think versus how I think. That's literally the only we difference. All, we all have we all have one or two things, three things. Maybe I'm three willing things. to listen. I'm not gonna judge anybody based on their thought. If you want to think that way, that's good to you. That's gonna affect your life the way it's gonna affect your life. I'll keep doing things my way that'll impact me and develop my way. But if you're gonna provide me an insight that allows me to deepen my analysis or my critical thinking, I'm open ears because. I get to make better. I, the more in game theory, the premise is this, the more of the, the more you understand, the better you understand the variables that impact the outcome, the better decisions you make. Okay, cool. Come to me, tell me things, explain things to me that I don't seem to understand, but I want real explanations. I don't want you to say this and then not be able to elaborate and explain the follow through. Okay. How does that impact social dynamics? How does that impact political dynamics? How does that impact? impact economics? How does that impact entrepreneurial innovation and entrepreneurial drive? How does that impact taxes? How does that impact the economy forward looking 10 years? How does that impact the, 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 the stage at which United States, uh, United States is at right now compared to China? Like explain things, connect them. If you cannot connect it to anything, then what you're saying is nonsense usually because you're not able to explain, which means that you don't even understand what it is you're saying. Right. And again, the, mar the market really, it's guys, it's, it's an interesting machine. It's a, it's a forward-looking indicator. It tells exactly. you what, what is potentially out there. And, um, you know, you got to look at this objectively. Um, I, and again, I'll, Nick, I agree with you, man. If, if somebody has a point to say that Biden's economic plan provides some kind of additional value versus, you know, Trump's plan, I'm willing to listen. I haven't found it yet. Exactly. What and is I've the plan? Talking, I've been talking to a lot of people in the industry too, and they all say that there's no, there really is no economic plan besides the destruction of wealth. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's this is this is their attention right now. It's, I mean, in our perspective, the way we see this is this is okay. Screw for looking in terms of innovating and growing. What we're gonna do is we're going to now attack everybody else that has been focused on innovation and growth. Yeah. We're gonna become vampires. We're going to suck from them and feed it to the bottom. And the bottom obviously is not financially savvy, is not economically savvy. So of course you get more money, but you do nothing, nothing to positively, uh, 
uh, compound an outcome. And the worst part is you're going to give more money to a government that doesn't even know what the hell it's doing financially or economically with no financial governance no financial understanding. And then you expect them to be able to do better with more money. No, it's just going to, the system, the government is probably just going to become more selfish, more chaotic and more problematic as a consequence. <laughs> watch Biden pay himself crazy money. Watch all his advisors get all kinds of money. Dude, I, honestly, I, I'm going to say this very, I mean, I think we know who we want to win at this point. That's um, not even a secret, let's be honest. But um, the fact that Trump doesn't take a salary exactly. just shows you the type of leader that he is. You may not agree with everything that he says. I don't think most people do. It's clear. No, I have, even me, sometimes uh, I think that he times, says things that, you know. Yeah, like there's times where he says things where you're just like, okay, like pull back a little bit, like exactly. stop. And you know what? He even admitted it at one point, actually. You know, he was talking about Twitter with, with Dave Portner. He's exactly. Like, yeah, let's some, say that. He's like, there's sometimes there's tweets. I, I look at, I'm like, oh, like I shouldn't, I was like, I, should, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that, but that's the media, yeah. you know? And nobody gets to see that side of him. I think, you know, yeah. cause everyone's just so fixated on, on just hating him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But yeah. Um, nobody steps back. Nobody wants to think people just want to be fed information. And then because your surrounding agrees with you, well, you fit within the norm. So just, it's easier to just follow that norm. But what's wrong with thinking and critically analyzing things? Okay. You don't understand a subject. Cool. Seek guidance, seek to understand it. If you want to be a smart individual within a, a complex system, understanding all the dynamics that impact that system is extremely important. That's why understanding social behaviors as a system, we are made up of a bunch of individuals within that group of individuals. We have a framework that is led by two big social structures, the political system and the economic system. Those are the two systems that propel us forward. If you do not understand those two systems, every decision you make by definition is weak because it's not a strong decision. You are more likely to be, have outcomes that you did not predict or did not account for because you don't understand the variables that impact your decision-making. And you're more likely to be driven by subconscious behaviors rather than uh, conscious decisions because you don't know the variables to critically analyze and make that conscious decision. I'm just reading an article here um, about the Green New Deal that Biden and his allies oh, want to... You know what? I forgot to, we forgot to even mention that. This is another... This is just... A, uh, we'll make this really short, but there's a quote here where it says... Um, first of all, for those of you that don't know the Green New Deal, it's a $2 trillion plan that the Democrats want to implement um, that would essentially destroy manufacturing jobs in the US. Yeah. Completely wipe out an entire industry that has been around for decades. Don't get me wrong, climate change and global warming are, are, are issues as well. But I think the you know they, they, they want to implement this thing with like zero carbon emissions and zero this. The science is cows emit methane from their from their shit or their uh, manure excuse my language but you know that's just an example but there's the a farting here, or, yeah. there's a quote here that stood out and i'm just like this just shows everything that nick and i talked about which was like the level of confidence and uncertainty there's a quote here and i quote we'll focus on moderating these policies once biden moves from appeasing the left during the campaign to potentially govern end quote this was the uh, president of the western energy alliance right so she, she even says she's actually, they, they have no idea what this is going to mean for them because it's yeah. not clear what they want. 
Um, I think it's going to have a huge impact quoted, on supply chain. She is quoted saying that these are just unrealistic goals. They would actually supply chain. hurt. It would hurt, not, not supply chain. This would hurt well, the energy, energy producers. Yeah. So what I was going to say was, so there's a video of AOC, of uh, Alexandra Cortez talking about how within the next decade, we have to become 100% renewable. Or the world is going to end. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, we had, an, we had a conversation, we talked about infrastructure. Okay. Now, a huge component of building on infrastructure and maintaining our system is supply chain. Okay. Or most of our entire supply chain is entirely run by fossil fuel. If you do not have a, an efficient supply chain, you cannot do a lot of things. You cannot, it's hard to feed yourselves. It's hard to transport things. All those things become unknown. Now, if you start saying that you need an outcome within the next decade, a hundred percent, and that is literally your mission, you are going to negatively impact the supply chain because the supply chain does not have the ability to even remotely buy equipment that is renewable because there is none. So if you're forcing them down a path that they can't even really move towards yet, you are looking at a very unknown outcome because the main thing they need does not exist yet. How can you make that kind of decision for that kind of outcome in such a time span when the entire supply chain and energy system is all up in arms and have no idea what the hell to do now, if that is the actual outcome that happens? You want entrepreneurs to innovate and create that technology or else it doesn't happen. Guess what? If you start destroying an environment where innovation, it's going to probably end up happening in other countries. And the United States is going to lag. China will probably end up getting ahead on that. Europe, definitely not United States because it's going to become a country where it says we need this to happen, but they forget for those things to happen. You need entrepreneurs. You need innovation. You need growth. You need intelligence. You need collaboration. You need all those factors, but you're not creating an environment that allows that to thrive. So how do you expect that outcome to occur when you're literally fighting those variables? In game theory, the, the, in chess, for example, I, it, it's as if I would just, at that point, I would just be like, screw it. I'm hitting my, I'm just tipping my queen or my king over. Yeah. It, it's honest. Again, these are, these are things that I think everybody should, should continue to ask questions about and not really draw, jump to conclusions. But again, guys, I, I think it's really important, uh, all the listeners, what is the level of confidence in the market? with each candidate. I think that's the most important question going into this thing. That's going to continue to drive some form of economic growth. Um, to be fair, uh, Trump created about 4.7 million new jobs uh, in his first year, right? Um, it's about a 3.1% increase uh, at the, uh, in jobs in terms of uh, at the end of Obama's term. And if you do a comparison in eight years, right? Obama did 8.9 million jobs. So Trump, if he's get if he's going to get reelected for a second term, I think he can actually outpace that number as a result of that. Uh, no disrespect to any other administrations, but um, again, it, it really comes down to confidence and just looking at the way things are going. I think it, it just somebody please tell me what Biden's economic plan is that would actually yeah. help American businesses. Continue. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not insulting Biden. We don't like Biden as a man, he's a human being. He's an older guy. Like, honestly, I, I would rather just see him go enjoy his life. than somehow the system, like the whole democratic part is just trying to, I don't know how he got into a position where he's going to become the leader. Clearly he's, there's issues going on in his side of the world, in his brain. I mean, critically looking at things, the way he talks, the way he's in a, he's not able to, 
critically analyze things and actually answer questions. He really struggles. Like, like, come on, let the man just go enjoy himself at this point. There's a much deeper plan on both sides. And um, this, this, again, this is the most important election of, of our lifetime. And I think everybody should be talk should be focusing on this going into September and October because it is real. Um, it's going to affect business. It's going to affect how Canadians are doing business. A oh, huge impact um, on the so, Canadian economy. Yeah, and I'll, I'll leave the listeners with this. Before you say that one guy or both guys are racist or just, you know, one guy's an idiot, one guy is, you know, look at the facts. Look at both platforms. Compare and contrast both platforms. Watch both conventions and tell me which, tell us which platform is better for the u.s economy and for the people if this was an exam if this was an exam and i said go study both sides and then make a conclusion of course you would do it but yet ironically in real life you don't want to do it that way you don't want to do this because everybody sees one side and it's it's been it's been pushing a lot of people so look we'll we'll leave it at this guys i think it's really important to to keep this on your time horizon drop us a follow on instagram uh sign up for the newsletter we're going to get that out. Um, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And yeah. um, for, at least for now, it's the dick. We can define it as that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more important than 2016, I think. So. Uh, oh, honestly, everything in my past is like, whatever. This is going to be like, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Anyway, guys, stay safe out there. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Ciao, guys.